Hello everyone and welcome. You're listening to DTSE Talks, the place to be to learn more and explore the life in Magenta. You wonder what's going on in the company? Where do we excel and what's our lessons learned? Join me as I delve into the life in DTSE and interview employees as well as guests to answer all your questions. I'm your host, Umayma Buswab, and today we talk about innovation and digital transformation within shared service centers. Therefore, I invited Dirk Cavallo, the Senior Vice President of Technology Transformation in DTSE, and Matthias Igelhaf, the Head of Digital Solutions in Siemens AG. They're here with us today to answer the most burning questions and share their experience in driving an innovation culture within a shared service center. So stick around. the pressure and urgency to generate innovative ideas? That's the case of all companies nowadays, as they need to grow and adapt to a rapidly changing landscape. Innovation is critical to the success of corporates and most particularly shared service centers. Why? That's the question we will answer today. We will discuss how innovation is incredibly important, how you can build a culture of innovation, embrace failure, and succeed in your digital transformation journey. So, without further ado, let's get started! Our guests today are Dirk Kevelo, the Senior Vice President of Technology Transformation Officer in DTSE Germany, and Matthias Egelhaf, Head of Digital Solution at Siemens, also in Germany. Hi guys, I'm very happy to be recording with you today, so um, welcome! Yeah, happy to hear, be here. Welcome, good morning. Happy to have you here, guys. Um, so I introduced you a little bit, but please tell us briefly more about your position and how you got there. Um, maybe you can start with you, Dirk. What's your job in a nutshell here in Dutch Telecom Services Europe? Yeah, thank you very much. So, um, yeah, it sounds very technical, but um, I mean, I'm on the business side and I'm dealing with technology and transformation things on the business side as part of the shared service center of Deutsche Telekom. And um, therefore, what I drive is, I mean, transformation projects in order to um, make sure that we get the latest technology in place that we as a shared service center with all our entities can use the latest technology. And that is a really wide, wide range in terms of it means ERP technology, but it also means like uh, digitalization technologies, uh, robotics, artificial intelligence. So mm-hmm. quite a big range and it makes a lot of fun. Oh, cool. And uh, what about you, Matthias? Is it something similar or? Yeah, that's pretty similar. Uh, as Dirk said, um, I'm responsible in our shared service center for digital solution. That means uh, I'm turning the shared service center into a tech company. We are offering different technologies from RPA, business process management, interface management, AI, and advanced analytics to really boost our digital transformation that we are on. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of on the same page here um, with the shared service centers. Uh, But um, before we get into uh, the innovation and why it's important, first, can you please just explain how um, the shared service center works, what is the business model in a nutshell? Sure, happy to do so. Uh, If we shortly reflect on the past business model of a shared service unit and why a shared service unit uh, existed. 
there were mainly two reasons. One was bundling. So we bundled uh, all the HR people, procurement people, accounting, cash collectors in one unit. And therefore, we generated uh, synergies by bundling it. That was the first lever. And the second was uh, labor arbitrage that we then moved work towards nearshore and offshore centers. And that were the two main levers that existed to uh, the shared service center and mainly being the business model around workforce people business. Uh, that's the business model of today. But uh, mm. as you know, Digi is rocking. Uh, that's why the Shared Service Center has also to move towards the digital age. So um, basically what I understood from, from you, the Shared Service Center is um, services that are bundled, right? And that are also moved uh, offshore. Yeah, exactly. That's that was you say. So, for example, with DTSE, we have um, operational hire to retire services in place. We have order to cash. Uh, we have um, general accounting in place. We have reporting and analytics in place. So these are the operational services. And as Matthias said, I mean, in the past, I would even say in the past. So today it's already different. But in the past, it was about getting efficiency um, via nearshoring and labor arbitrage in the nearshoring. So, and that really, um, that's a paradigm shift. It, it really changed. Nowadays, you first think of um, digitalization, new technologies, process automation. And then you, you think about like, okay, can we go beyond this in terms of nearshoring? So then what is the added value of the shared service centers? The beauty of a shared service center is we are really driving transactions at scale. For example, in, in Siemens shared service center, we have 10 million invoices. We have 6 million pay slips. We are collecting 20 billion of revenue. That means we are really driving those transactions at scale um, to bring down the costs, of course. And if we are now putting technology into those transactions at scale, we can really also nicely scale out the technology and increase the automation. I mean, why are we doing digitalization? Uh, mainly four levers. It's automation, uh, that we are reducing the manual work. Instead, uh, we are increasing the automation level at least by 30 to 40%. So automation rate. Secondly, we want to generate new value add services because the typical transaction business is high competition, low prices. And therefore, we have to change the business model of a shared service center more towards value-add services. And I'm pretty sure in our podcast, we will come to that topic. And, yeah. thirdly, we also have to <laughs> and thirdly, we have to change also the way of working. We have to be more agile. We have to think about customer journeys, creating a customer experience. And then... The fourth will come that uh, also the image of a shared service center will change more being innovative, digital, flexible, and also acting as a digital transformation engine for the company. Maybe I can give you an example. I mean, if you look into how shared services um, have been set up in the past, like back in the 90s, for example, 
So it was really about near showing, but um, a lot of manual work, um, a lot of manual postings day by day, hour by hour by a lot of people. And then um, you think of like process automation. You bring in the legacy ERP systems, um, SAP, Oracle, whatever, um, and you go for process automation. That has happened in in, in the uh, um, in, in the past ten years. And then you go for robotics, um, RPA, robotic process automation, in order to replace the still existing manual work. Repetitive work is not existing anymore after this. And then still there's like decision making that needs to be done by um, human beings in terms of shall I post that topic to account A or account B. And this can nowadays be taken over by um, artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning. And that means we are transferring the so-called shared services into a fully technology-based, 100% automated shared service center and 100% automated um, uh, processes. And that is where the efficiency comes um, from. And that is where um, really the change is um, compared to the past when we bring in digitalization. Mm-hmm. And this is why I guess innovation is important, right? Innovation is important to, on the one hand side, drive internal efficiencies um, in, in order to yeah, be efficient and cost um, um, effective and so on on the one hand side and the other hand side is um, to use the same technology um, to bro- provide additional services to the companies. So twofold from my perspective. But Matthias, um, how do you see it? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we also have to be careful because uh, sometimes we are super excited about the latest technology. But it's not only about technology. We have to bring that technology into a corporate environment. Uh, and that's why a shared service center is really a sweet spot because we have the domain know-how, we have the process know-how, we have the people, and now we can all combine that one because technology has to have a purpose. We always say technology with purpose. So we should not do only or apply technology because it's technology-wise possible and we are excited as techies. Uh, We have to bring always the business context into it. Also a key topic to always look from a customer perspective and not only from technology. That's interesting. But what are the effective approaches to drive and enable and manage the innovation culture? Yeah, it's a transformation that affects everything. I mean, it's really something that needs to be done entirely by all leaders and um, related to people, to processes, to data, to compliance, everything. And um, it cannot cannot be done like um, in, in one day. Therefore, we started like three, three years ago, um, step by step, or even four years ago, step by step. Um, and we implemented some areas where we started to use additional new technologies. Like, I mean, the first mover was uh, source to pay with the RPA area um, and also process mining we used in that um, that processes. So from that perspective, that, that was a part mm-hmm. of the starting point, like a pilot um, within DTSE. Then we observed that and thought, okay, that can be scaled and can be used in other service lines and other business areas as well. So that was scaling. And then obviously we saw, okay, um, 
digitalization and innovation is something that we need to bring into the entire organization, mm-hmm. meaning also taking the people on that journey. Because as we said, we are transforming manual work into machine work. And that means we need other skills. We need um, hopefully the same people because we don't want to lose them, um, but we need to educate them with the latest technology. And uh, we need additional skills, of course, like artificial intelligence, a data scientist, um, uh, robotic engineers, these kind of things. But um, that all must fit together. And in order to drive that and to get the people behind our journey, uh, we put in place some yeah, um, some teams w- uh, who are dedicated to drive the topic. Like, for example, the qualification. There we have a team called Q4D. And they are driving the qualification journey of the employees and not via just providing trainings um, top down, um, but really um, making sure that we have town hall meetings, um, virtual communities, um, um, what, what kind of um, like, like roadshows in, in the various locations, uh, like, like market stalls, for example, yeah, where, where people just interact with each other. and um, can without any management attention, without any hurdles, just um, yeah, get familiar with what other people in their, their organization do. And then, then you, you start to think as an employee, you start to think of like, okay, what could I do in that journey? What is my role? And maybe some people are also interested and want to learn this and so on. That's how the journey starts. And, and that's why it's both, yeah, on the one hand side, teams dedicated for driving and implementing technologies having pilots in some business areas and at the same time um, having dedicated teams who drive the people journey and get the people involved. And then you're obviously after one, two, three years in a situation where digitalization is a company topic and everybody, really everybody jumps on this. I have a nice story um, because I I always, when when I was dedicated to be this uh, digitalization officer three years ago, uh, I looked at it and I said, well, that, that's chaos. Yeah, that's really <laughs> chaos. Because um, like everybody was coming up with new ideas, new technologies, uh, new um, um, uh, solutions. And um, my, my role was a bit, a bit like getting, getting more structure into that chaos. On the one hand side, I didn't want to stop it because there was so much energy, so much power in the organization that I said, okay, Let's go with the with the chaos. Yeah? Let, let's see what comes out of this. And um, let's just make sure that we a little bit shape it and maybe have some guidelines and compliance guidelines, um, uh, what we need. But um, maybe at that point of time where you want to really motivate the entire team to, to drive digitalization, chaos is a good way forward. At the end, I called it orchestrated chaos. So that was then the, the way forward. So <laughs> but Matthias, maybe it's... It's the same in your organization or? Um, no, 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 cha- no, no chaos at all. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah, of course. No chaos at all. Uh, all all uh, well orchestrated. Um, no, the point that Dirk is making is, is really vital. Um, because on the one hand, I as digital solutions can, of course, offer technical platforms. And we, similar to Dirk, we started, of course, with uh, RPA uh, four years ago. Um, and in the meantime, we have uh, more than 500 robots out there, automated more than 750,000 hours. 
So we got into that journey. But digitalization means so much more than a robot, a technology. It uh, it really it touches the, the whole business model. It touches the processes. It touches the people. And that's why, uh, yes, it was nice to start with the one or other robot. Um, but we have to guide more the digital transformation. And that's why we invested also a lot into the skill, soft skill uh, area, where we uh, created some programs like uh, GBS challenges, GBS boot camps, where we really also foster the entrepreneurial mm -hmm. uh, topic. And then I'm coming back to uh, Dirk's topic of chaos. Um, because you need that the whole organization is moving. Yeah? They don't should look into my eyes and say, yeah, Matthias, we'll fix our digital transformation. No, it's about that everybody is joining that digital transformation. And that's why we have also a citizen development approach so that a lot can be done by the people. We have a digital life cycle to guide that um, Uh, digital transformation so that we can also learn fast, fail fast, adopt, decide on which topics we are uh, betting our money um, to really ensure that we have kind of chaos, but that this chaos is also managed in a way that we make sure we come to our vision that we have uh, uh, embarked four years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So kind of the same, I, I hear from both of your answers that it's, it's important to have yeah, the strategy and the teams, but what matters also is the people. And that's what really matters the most, because I don't think you can reach innovation or be an innovation, innovative um, company or shared service centers if you are just on your own. Um, do we have some uh, in, in Siemens or in, in Deutsche Telekom, do we have some kind of program that is meant to just detect, because you mentioned this entrepreneurship. Do we have some programs that detect and nurture the entrepreneurships within the company? So what we did is, um, I mean, we, we know our people. Yeah? And as I mentioned, um, you, you get, get a feeling um, about the energy that is in place, the motivation that is in place. That's why how we, how we then at the end have set up, um, for example, this logic of a center of excellence yeah? that is kind of cross-functional, not allocated into one dedicated business area, but really cross-functional and with a dedicated um, head off um, who takes the responsibility for this and recruited them out of yeah the, the organization, out of the town halls, out of this uh, motivation and spirit that I mentioned. And also we have um, in place something uh, which is um, the AI incubator. Um, so incubation in terms of artificial intelligence. And um, yeah, that is also cross-function and uh, kind of um, isolated team that can really work on, on artificial intelligence only. And um, um, they are entrepreneurs, yeah? so they are really driving that topic on their own. So we have, we have installed areas where we really people can act as entrepreneurs but embedded into the overall um, DTSE structures. And that's quite similar, uh, again, uh, in, in Siemens GBS. So we have also an incubator model. It's called Next GBS, so Next Global Business Services, where we are exploring 
new markets, new business models um, that we can choose the most promising ideas so that we have a healthy pipeline of new services. Uh, but it's not only about services, it's also about uh, identifying experts, entrepreneurs to staff the innovation projects. Uh, but again, as uh, I highlighted before, we have also very clinical defined stage gates to focus on the most promising uh, innovation to get next GBS uh, services out there. Uh, and if we fail, that we then fail fast. So we have an incubator. As said, we have a challenger bootcamp. But I also want to highlight two more additional topics. One very soft one. So we promoted already since three years some cultural elements. So uh, as a shared service center, the beauty is that we have different cultures and we can extract inspirations from those different cultures to create an environment that contemplates and collaborates with everyone. So that's why we are using in Yammer some hashtags we inspire, hashtag we respect, hashtag we collaborate, but also mm -hmm. hashtag we are curious and open uh, as well as we appreciate. So we are sending out some cultural elements that are then proven in, in projects and new services to make sure that everybody understands that this is also a cultural change. And the, the last one that I want to highlight is also that we are bringing a learning universe to our employees because we talked about the importance of innovation to stay relevant. But this is also can be applied to each employee. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. You mentioned the cultural uh, aspect, which is very important. I think also in um, you mentioned some um, guiding principles or hashtags that are kind of similar to ours. So we also have stay curious and grow. We also have uh, in our DTSE, we have this value that is uh, called relief appreciation. So we have a really similar uh, way of working. And uh, I didn't ask you, but how did this partnership and uh, how did this work with uh, Siemens and Telecom impact this uh, innovation uh, journey? Yeah, I mean, the, the important point in that uh, digital jungle, digital battle, it, it, it is one important point. You will not survive alone out there. So if you think you can do everything by your own, I think you will have a hard time. And that's why it is vital to build up an ecosystem. An ecosystem can have multiple dimensions. But you ask for telecom and Siemens. so. It's not only about customer and supplier, it's also about your peers because Dirk exactly is in the same situation. Uh, he knows how difficult it is to set up new technologies, to integrate technologies uh, into a corporate environment with legacy. Sometimes I always call it, uh, or sometimes I call it also dark side. Yeah? <laughs> so Dirk is in a pretty similar situation that I am. And that's why, should, should we make the same mistakes? No, because it's about speed. And if it's about speed, I'm happy to have the learning curve of, of Dirk to not go into the same mistakes uh, and also sharing uh, also my mistakes openly. And that's why this partnership is so vital 
that I learn the good things and the, the bad things. And it's also about we have to go away from not invented here. Yeah? So we don't have to be pride in saying, uh, hey, I did my own thing. It's about fast implementation of existing solutions. So if Diak has a great AI solution, why should I not uh, use uh, the same approach in my environment? Time is over where everybody has to start from scratch, create projects, hire uh, consultants. So it's about solutions. And that's why this partnership is uh, so valuable because we are sharing the learning curve. Yeah? And we can leapfrog this learning curve by exchange. Dirk, I hope I, so you yes, see you, it similar. Yeah, of course. <laughs> And, and I'm so, so happy to have this partnership in place. I mean, um, it's a perfect fit. Yeah. I, the, the companies, Telekom and Siemens, um, are, are quite similar in terms of, um, Germany regulations, big, big companies, um, and, um, also driving international business. And from that perspective, there are a lot of similarities, but we're not competitive. And that's, that means like we can be open and share our ideas, uh, go for partnering, go for co-investment. And, um, yeah, as you said, Matthias, I mean, the market is so fast every day. I get new requests from suppliers and vendors with new technologies. And, um, I do not have the time and uh, capacity to really look into everything and go for POCs here and POCs there and pilots here. And I'm really happy to see, uh, what Siemens has, has done already and what kind of experience they have gained. And um, yeah, just um, it's a, it's an acceleration situation, and that's that's a good thing. That's super. I mean, our motto in telecom is anyways, life is for sharing. So we live by our motto, but it's really great <laughs> to have uh, all these exchanges with with our uh, partners and, and uh, also some failures exchanges because uh, you mentioned a few times. So, um, what is the relationship between innovation and failure, and how do we look at it? I mean, as I said, every day something new coming up, new technologies coming up. Um, you need to identify the right use cases for the existing technologies um, and you need to be fast. Um, but still, it's, it's kind of research. yeah. So we have never done, never done those things before and, and that's why everything is new still. And um, that's why we try to set up a logic um, that we always go for innovation. And as said, with this nice partnering with Siemens, for example, um, to make it more tangible and accelerated. Uh, but of course you fail. I mean, um, but if you fail, then you should take the decision fast and not like work year by year, year by year. And then after like five years, you, you see, okay, that that's not working. So, um, we accept failure, but failure must be very fast. So after two months, after three months, um, we, we need to take the decision. Then we stop it and go for another one. I have the perfect example because we have applied a voice bot um, in our customer care center at Siemens where all the employees, uh, not only the employees, but customers, so everybody can call the Siemens customer care center and ask for products, issues, questions, or whatever it is. Um, and there we wanted to apply a, a voice bot. And um, from the technology, it really nicely worked. Why did we stop it? because uh, the voice bot had difficulties with names. Um, if you take the German, the German uh, name Maya, there are at least five different ways of writing that name. 
And now you want to start a conversation in saying, I didn't understand you. Can you please spell it? And then this is not the user experience. Yeah. So technology-wise, it was yeah. really a cool idea. It brought also uh, efficiency uh, and, and also a user experience. But if it doesn't work properly with names, then, of course, you have to stop it. Is it then a failure? Yes. However, the learnings mm -hmm. out of it uh, makes you ready for the next attempt. And I think it's, it's, it's important that we are not only talking about failure. Yes, we need a failure culture. But the other thing is also don't hunt for 100%. Yeah? I mean, Germany-based companies are most likely always perfect, well-structured, 100%, everything engineered. Um, and that's why uh, in the digital age, you have to be satisfied with 80% or 70 or 95, whatever it is. So don't hunt for 100%. But this also means that the customer, that the whole organization has also to accept that this is an 80% version. Uh, so this is also beside failure. It's also about should we really reach 100%? Or should we um, save time and, and yep. move forward and learn from, uh, as you said, fail fast, get up fast and, and keep going on? Cool. Uh, so we talked about failures, but let's, let's not stop there. <laughs> let's talk more about um, uh, other, uh, not let's say failures, but other things that um, can maybe, maybe make it difficult uh, in an organization's shared service center to establish this, this um, innovation culture. What are your... Yeah, let's say one biggest challenge that you uh, that you encounter in this journey. I think uh, the biggest challenge is uh, thinking in solution rather in in technology or single project. Um, think of a platform not just as a technology but as a service or what the Silicon Valley always calls a product. So, what do I mean by that one? For example, we created an inventory recommender because we have a lot of factories with um, a lot of spare parts and to optimize um, the holdings of those uh, um, spare parts, we, we uh, integrated an, an inventory recommender that existed out of data, machine learning, Uh, a robot that takes then the action, of course, the underlying SAP system. So we really have to close the loop, taking the data, understanding the data, generating the insights, and based on the insight, taking action. So I think that is a key component in solutions because those solutions could then be also uh, leveraged by uh, Dirk or Deutsche Telekom or uh, which company ever. If we have proven solution that could be nicely uh, scaled out, but this takes, of course, more than technology. Yeah, uh, this takes what is the business model, what is the charging, how uh, is the revenue stream, how is the contract, all the compliance topics. So we have to bake into uh, that one that we can really use the solution. So that's for me uh, one of the biggest challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, what about you, Dirk? It's about the business uh -huh. model. Uh, so, as you said, I mean, if you want to come up with with uh, new new value uh, and new services towards the customers, then obviously you need to, um, yeah, convince the customer 
or um, really, really, really drive the journey together with the customers. And um, I mean, still, we are an internal service provider. So from the past, we are seen as like um, manual work and driving efficiency in nearshore. And if you really think like via digitalization, we want to change that business model, then it can only be done together with the customer. So together with the internal customer, driving that journey together with you. And then you're in the in the in the details in terms of um, budgeting, allocations, restrictions, data, and all this. Um, and so yeah, that's from my perspective at the moment the biggest challenge. If you want to really change that business model towards that new services, um, we have the technologies in place, we have the people in place, we have the motivation, the energy, the teams in place. Um, yeah, that that status we have. But now it's really about like getting the next. Um, the next level with a customer. Yeah. The business model innovation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, to really drive this innovation and create technologies that make sense and matter, we have to do it together with, uh, with the customer. Otherwise, we're creating for, for nothing. Technology with purpose. Super. Technology with purpose. With purpose. Yes, that was the word <laughs> we're looking for. <laughs> we need to create technology with purpose. Great. Um, so, so far you gave us really um, a lot of uh, interesting uh, information and advice, but um, to kind of sum it up in a nutshell, uh, what are the best practices maybe from your experience on how you can build this culture of innovation? Maybe if you have some potential quick wins that allows the business to transform quickly or any best practices uh, to motivate uh, organizations who would like to go uh, through this uh, journey. So if I may start from, from, from my perspective, um, I mean, the technologies are there and you get them, you can buy them. So that is existing. What is the game changer is the people in your teams, in your environment. So to get the people on their journey on digitalization. And I mean, at the beginning, a lot of people um, are afraid of technologies like um, artificial intelligence. But if you that then get closer to, to the details, um, and if you get like really um, the teams into into working with that, yeah, then all of a sudden it changes, and then you get that boost effect, that motivation effect, that you feel that energy in the organization, and that's where it really it's. I mean, that's that's motivating me, motivating me. Yeah. So when I see how how much energy is in the organization and how things just flow, mm -hmm. that makes fun. And you have to find a way how to uh, combine technology and, and people. That's why we have also created a bionic agent that helps the employees to get rid of uh, administrative work. But at the same time, they get curious what technology can do. And then the employees are also coming up with uh, cool ideas and say, hey, we could use it uh, in that way, in this way to uh, even support me better. So that's why you have to get an engagement of technology and people, make them excited, but also making sure that we are creating fast results, that we are not developing something over two years, three years with a lot of uh, budget, that we really have fast results that then again motivates the organization. Uh, so the organization has tangible results that we are well aware, uh, well away in our digital transformation. So we have to make sure that there are results that keeps the organization going and creates a momentum uh, to scale it out. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
So uh, really, uh, it's also, again, about people. Yeah. So I really love this conversation today. <laughs> I learned a bit more. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your uh, ideas and your best practices with us today. And um, yeah, I hope to see you again sometime soon. You're welcome. Sure. Welcome and uh, stay safe. Thank you. So that's all, folks. Thanks a lot for tuning in to the TSE Talks and joining me today along with my guests. All in all, innovation is crucial for the success of businesses. However, it's not a day's work. Digital transformation is a journey where you need to involve not only the leaders, but also the people. And also encourage your employees to be part of your journey because innovation doesn't happen without a motivated workforce. Make sure to go to talks.tse.group, subscribe to our podcast and leave us a feedback. Our next episode will be about storytelling. We will learn more about its power and how it can influence your life. So stay tuned. Bye.